Part three of A Treatise on the True Devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary by Louise Marie Grignon de Montfort, translated by Frederick William Favor, D.D. On False Devotion to Our Lady I find seven kinds of false devotees and false devotions to Our Lady, namely, one, the critical devotees, two, the scrupulous devotees, three, the external devotees, four, the presumptuous devotees, five, the inconstant devotees, six, the hypocritical devotees, and seven, the interested devotees. The critical devotees are, for the most part, proud scholars, rash and self-sufficient spirits, who have at bottom some devotion to the Holy Virgin, but who criticize nearly all the practices of devotion to her, which the simple people pay simply and wholly to their good mother, because these practices do not fall in with their own humor and fancy. They call in doubt all the miracles and histories recorded by authors worthy of our faith, or drawn from the chronicles of religious orders, narratives which testify to us the mercies and the power of the Most Holy Virgin. They cannot see without uneasiness simple and humble people on their knees before an altar or an image of Our Lady, sometimes in the corner of a street, in order to pray to God there, and they even accuse them of idolatry, as if they adored the wood or the stone. They say that, for their part, they are not fond of these external devotions, and that their minds are not so weak as to give faith to such a number of tales and little histories as are in circulation about Our Lady. Or, at other times, they reply that the narrators have spoken as professional orators with exaggeration, or they put a bad interpretation upon their words. These kind of false devotees, and of proud and worldly people, are greatly to be feared. They do an infinite wrong to the devotion to Our Lady, and they are but too successful in alienating people from it, under the pretext of destroying its abuses. The scrupulous devotees are those who fear to dishonor the son by honoring the mother, to abase the one in elevating the other. They cannot bear that we should attribute to Our Lady the most just praises which the Holy Fathers have given her. It is all they can do to endure that there should be more people before the altar of the Blessed Virgin than before the Blessed Sacrament, as if the one was contrary to the other, as if those who prayed to Our Blessed Lady did not pray to Jesus Christ by her. They are unwilling that we should speak so often of Our Lady, and address ourselves so frequently to her. These are the favorite sentences constantly in their mouths. To what end are so many chaplets, so many confraternities, and so many external devotions to the Blessed Virgin? There is much of ignorance in all this. It makes a mummery of our religion. Speak to us of those who are devout to Jesus Christ. Yet they often name him without uncovering. I say this by way of parentheses. We must have recourse to Jesus Christ. He is our only mediator. We must preach Jesus Christ. This is the solid devotion. What they say is true in a certain sense, but it is very dangerous when, by the application they make of it, they hinder devotion to our Blessed Lady, and it is, under the pretext of a greater good, a subtle snare of the evil one. For never do we honor Jesus Christ more than when we are most honoring his Blessed Mother. Indeed, we only honor Mary that we may the more perfectly honor Jesus, inasmuch as we only go to her as to the way in which we are to find the end we are seeking, which is Jesus. The Church, with the Holy Ghost, blesses Our Lady first and Our Lord second. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui Jesu. 
blessed art thou amongst women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb jesus it is not that mary is more than jesus or even equal to him that would be an intolerable heresy but it is that in order to bless jesus more perfectly we must begin by blessing mary let us then say with all the true clients of our lady against these false scrupulous devotees o mary thou art blessed amongst all women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb jesus external devotees are persons who make all devotion to our blessed lady consist in outward practices they have no taste except for the exterior of this devotion because they have no interior spirit of their own they will say quantities of rosaries with the greatest precipitation they will hear many masses distractedly they will go without devotion to processions they will enroll themselves in all sorts of confraternities without amending their lives without doing any violence to their passions or without imitating the virtues of that most holy virgin they have no love but for the sensible part of devotion without having any relish for its solidity if they have not sensible sweetness in their practices they think they are doing nothing they get all out of joint throw everything up or do everything at random the world is full of these exterior devotees and there are no people who are more critical of men of prayer of those who foster an interior spirit as the essential thing while they do not lightly account of that outward modesty which always accompanies true devotion presumptuous devotees are sinners abandoned to their passions or lovers of the world who under the fair name of christians and clients of our blessed lady conceal pride avarice impurity drunkenness anger swearing detraction injustice or some other sin they sleep in peace in the midst of their bad habits without doing any violence to themselves to correct their faults under the pretext that they are devout to the blessed virgin they promise themselves that god will pardon them that they will not be allowed to die without confession and that they will not be lost eternally because they say the rosary because they fast on saturdays because they belong to the confraternity of the holy rosary or wear the scapular or are enrolled in other congregations or wear the little habit or little chain of our lady they will not believe us when we tell them that their devotion is only an illusion of the devil and a pernicious presumption likely to destroy their souls they say that god is good and merciful that he has not made us to condemn us everlastingly that no man is without sin that they shall not die without confession that one good peccavi at the hour of death is enough that they are devout to our lady that they wear the scapular and that they say daily without reproach or vanity seven paters and aves in her honour and that they sometimes say the rosary and the office of our lady besides fasting and other things to give authority to all this and to blind themselves still further they quote certain stories which they have heard or read it does not matter to them whether they be true or false relating how people have died in mortal sin without confession and then because in their lifetime they sometimes said some prayers or went through some practices of devotion to our lady how they have been raised to life again in order to go to confession or their soul been miraculously retained in their bodies till confession or how they have obtained from god at the moment of death contrition and pardon of their sins and so have been saved and that they themselves expect similar favours nothing in christianity is more detestable than this diabolical presumption for how can we say truly that we love and honour our blessed lady when by our sins we are piteously piercing wounding crucifying and outraging jesus christ her son 
if mary laid down a law to herself to save by her mercy this sort of people she would be authorizing crime and assisting to crucify and outrage her son who would dare to think such a thought as that i say that thus to abuse devotion to our lady which after devotion to our lord in the blessed sacrament is the holiest and solidest of all devotions is to be guilty of a horrible sacrilege which after the sacrilege of an unworthy communion is the greatest and the least pardonable of all sacrileges i confess that in order to be truly devout to our blessed lady it is not absolutely necessary to be so holy as to avoid every sin though this were to be wished but so much at least is necessary and i beg you to lay it well to heart one to have a sincere resolution to avoid at least all mortal sin which outrages the mother as well as the son two i would add also that to do violence to ourselves to avoid sin to enroll ourselves in confraternities to say the rosary or other prayers to fast on saturdays and the like is wonderfully useful to the conversion of a sinner however hardened and if my reader is such a one even if he has his foot in the abyss i would counsel these things to him nevertheless it must be on the condition that he will only practise these good works with the intention of obtaining from god by the intercession of the blessed virgin the grace of contrition and the pardon of his sins to conquer his evil habits and not to remain quietly in the state of sin in spite of the remorse of his conscience the example of jesus christ and the saints and the maxims of the holy gospel the inconstant devotees are those who are devout to our blessed lady by intervals and whims sometimes they are fervent and sometimes lukewarm sometimes they seem ready to do anything for her and then a little afterwards they are not like the same people they begin by taking up all their devotions to her and enrolling themselves in the confraternities and then they do not practice the rules of fidelity they change like the moon and mary puts them under her feet with a crescent because they are mutable and unworthy to be reckoned among the servants of that faithful virgin whose clients have for their special graces fidelity and constancy it were better for such persons to load themselves with fewer prayers and practices and to fulfil them with faithfulness and love in spite of the world the devil and the flesh we have still to mention the false devotees to our blessed lady who are the hypocritical devotees who cloak their sins and sinful habits under her mantle in order to pass in the eyes of men for what they are not there are also the interested devotees who have recourse to our lady only to gain some lawsuit or to avoid some danger or to be cured of some illness or for some other similar necessity without which they would forget her altogether both however of these two last classes are false devotees and neither of them pass current before god and his holy mother let us then take great care not to be of the number of the critical devotees who believe nothing and criticize everything nor of the scrupulous devotees who are afraid of being too devout to our lady out of respect to our lord nor of the exterior devotees who make all their devotion consist in outward practices nor of the presumptuous devotees who under the pretext of their false devotion to the blessed virgin wallow in their sins nor of the inconstant devotees who by levity change their practices of devotion or throw them up altogether on the least temptation nor of the hypocritical devotees who put themselves into confraternities and wear the liveries of the blessed virgin in order to pass for good people nor finally of the interested devotees 
who only have recourse to our lady to be delivered from bodily evils or to obtain temporal goods two on the characters of true devotion to our blessed lady after having laid bare and condemned the false devotions to the most holy virgin we must in a few words characterize the true devotion it must be one interior two tender three holy four constant and five disinterested one true devotion to our lady is interior that is to say it comes from the spirit and the heart it flows from the esteem we have of her the high ideas we have formed of her greatness and the love which we have for her two it is tender that is to say full of confidence in her like a child's confidence in his loving mother this confidence makes the soul have recourse to her in all its bodily or mental necessities with such simplicity trust and tenderness it implores the aid of its good mother at all times in all places and about all things in its doubts that it may be enlightened in its wanderings that it may be brought into the right path in its temptations that it may be supported in its weaknesses that it may be strengthened in its falls that it may be lifted up in its discouragements that it may be cheered in its scruples that they may be taken away in its crosses toils and disappointments of life that it may be consoled under them in a word in all its evils of body and mind the soul's ordinary refuge is in mary without fearing to be importunate to her or to displease jesus christ three true devotion to our lady is holy that is to say it leads the soul to avoid sin and to imitate in the blessed virgin particularly her profound humility her lively faith her blind obedience her continual prayer her universal mortification her divine purity her ardent charity her heroic patience her angelical sweetness and her divine wisdom these are the ten principal virtues of the most holy virgin four true devotion to our lady is constant it confirms the soul in good and it does not let it easily abandon its spiritual exercises it makes it courageous in opposing the world in its fashions and maxims the flesh in its wearinesses and passions and the devil in his temptations so that a person truly devout to our blessed lady is neither changeable irritable scrupulous nor timid it is not that such a person does not fall or change sometimes in the sensible feeling of devotion or in the amount of devotion itself but when he falls he rises again by stretching out his hand to his good mother if he loses the taste and relish of devotion he does not disturb himself because of that for the just and faithful client of mary lives on the faith of jesus and mary and not on sentiments and sensibilities five lastly true devotion to our blessed lady is disinterested that is to say it inspires the soul not to seek itself but god only and god and his holy mother a true client of mary does not serve that august queen from a spirit of lucre and interest nor for its own good whether temporal corporal or spiritual but exclusively because she merits to be served and god alone in her he does not love mary precisely because she does him good or because he hopes in her but because she is so worthy of love it is on this account that he loves and serves her as faithfully in his disgusts and drynesses as in his sweetnesses and sensible fervours he loves her as much on calvary as at the marriage of cana 
oh how such a client of our blessed lady who has no self-seeking in his service of her is agreeable and precious in the eyes of god and of his holy mother but in these days how rare is such a sight it is that it may be less rare that i have taken up my pen to put on paper what i have taught in public and in private during my missions for many years i have now said many things about the most holy virgin but i have many more to say and there are infinitely more which i shall omit whether from ignorance inability or want of time in the design which i have to form a true client of mary and a true disciple of jesus christ oh but my labour will have been well expended if this little writing falling into the hands of a soul of good dispositions a soul well born born of god and of mary and not of blood nor of the will of the flesh nor of the will of man shall unfold to him and should by the grace of the holy ghost inspire him with the excellence and the price of that true and solid devotion to our blessed lady which i am going presently to describe if i knew that my guilty blood could serve in engraving upon any one's heart the truths which i am writing in honour of my true mother and sovereign mistress i would use my blood instead of ink to form the letters in the hope to find some good souls who by their fidelity to the practice which i teach shall compensate to my dear mother and mistress for the losses which she has suffered through my ingratitude and infidelities i feel myself more than ever animated to believe and to hope all which i have had deeply engraven upon my heart and have asked of god these many years namely that sooner or later the blessed virgin shall have more children servants and slaves of love than ever and that by this means jesus christ my dear master shall reign more in hearts than ever i clearly foresee that raging beasts shall come in fury to tear with thy diabolical teeth this little writing in him whom the holy ghost has made use of to write it or at least to smother it in the silence of a coffer that it may not appear they shall even attack and persecute those who shall read it and carry it out in practice but what matter on the contrary so much the better this very foresight encourages me and makes me hope for a great success that is to say for a great squadron of brave and valiant soldiers of jesus and mary of both sexes to combat the world the devil and corrupted nature and those more than ever perilous times which are about to come qui legi intelligat qui potes capere copiat he who reads let him understand he who can receive it let him receive it End of part three.